Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <laughs> Kia ora everybody. I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories, and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. Hi Natalie, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. It's been um, quite a fun experience going back and reliving some of these these memories. It's, uh, I can't believe how much I've actually forgotten. <laughs> yeah, I think it's always like that when we reflect on these kind of experiences. So yeah, very happy to have you here. And would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family? Yeah, sure. So I'm Natalie Norman um, and I have uh, my husband, Greg, uh, not the not Greg Norman, the golfer, um, not the fifth wife. Um, <laughs> I have um, two children, Liam, who's now four, and Amelia, who is 21 months. Um, yeah, so small little family of four, and um, that's sort of the, as far as it's going to go. I suppose I also have my online baby sleep-centric business, which I guess is my third child, Grow Bright, which I kind of launched as I was <laughs> pregnant with Amelia. Um, so I would love you all to pop over and give us a follow on Instagram. Um, we've got some stuff coming out for the mamas in times to come too, so... Um, you know, post-pregnancy. So please, um, yeah, join our journey. Yeah, awesome. I um, I love following you on Grow Bright and Jai absolutely loves his mattress. So I, I would um, encourage everyone listening to go and pop over to Grow Bright's Instagram and have a look. So thank you. Awesome. And do you want to talk us through what the journey to pregnancy was like for you guys the first time around? Yeah, sure. Um, I would say the journey was fairly normal. Um. Getting pregnant for me, um, we were married five years, right? And I think I just kept putting it off and putting it off because I felt like, you know, my career was going re- really well and um, yeah. just really felt like a kid and got to 32 and I'd had a few issues with, PC, uh, with you know, polycystic ovaries mm-hmm. and just started to feel like I needed to do something about it. Um, I knew I wanted children. Um, so, yeah, decided it was sort of time to kind of get on the bandwagon, I guess. Um, and started trying probably, you know, sort of for four months or so. I can't remember exactly how long, you know, it was, but I remember thinking this just wasn't working yeah. and we were doing it through um, following an app and, you know, just trying to work it out that way. And I was talking to one of my girlfriends and she said to me, you know, I had the same problem and decided it was, you know, just to read my body. Um, and so I did the same thing and she sort of talked to me about how to do that, um, which I I don't know, if, you know, gory details, but just working out, you know, when you're ovulating. Um, I'm sure women can kind of yeah. work that out for themselves. Um, and that was really the good time to be trying and um, tried that and it happened straight away. So uh, I thought that was really interesting because, you know, we all um, think that 
you know, we've got these cycles that we should be following and these apps that are supposed to be pretty good, but um, really just following our own body is quite a good way to work it out if, if you're struggling. Yeah, so I think that's, that's that first part of getting pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. And I think that's important to note as well because there are so many apps out there and I actually used one and it was, um, yeah, fairly accurate for me, but I was also reading different signs um, that my body was giving me. So if you are listening and you use an app and you're sort of wondering why things aren't going to plan, then that's a good piece of advice from Natalie is to yeah try and do some research into reading your own body and, and find out when you're ovulating. Awesome. awesome. And do you want to take us through sort of finding out you were pregnant and did you have many early symptoms or miss a period? What was that like? Yeah, so it was a funny one, actually, um, and this happened with both children, but I remember with Liam, I was so much more unaware, I thought I wasn't pregnant, um, <laughs> as it had a bit of, you know, bleeding and bits and pieces, and um, then suddenly, I just, I don't know what made me think about it, but it must have almost got to the next month, and maybe I'd missed one and did a test, and I had actually, I was, you know, sort of eight weeks along or something, and I think um, what it actually was, was the implantation. Um, and when I'd read about oh, yeah. that, I was thinking it would be really, it wouldn't, you know, you might have a little bit of bleeding, but it was, you know, like three or so days of it. So what I thought was implantation was actually just, um, sorry, what I thought was my period was actually implantation, which, yeah, yeah didn't last like that. Yeah, I thought so. Um, so when that happened, um, yeah, tested positive. I don't know what you felt like, Jordan, but it was such, a, it, I just burst into tears. <laughs> I was so shocked and scared. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't think anybody can explain that feeling. Like, even if you're maybe expecting it, it's it, your heart just, my heart felt like it was in my stomach. I was, I was just like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe it. Quite glad it's not the only one. It's funny, isn't it? You sort of, you know, you try for so long and you expect it, and then it happens, and you're like, oh my gosh, it's, this yeah. is actually happening. I could be a month yeah. soon. Yeah. <laughs> not realizing all the rest yeah, that comes along sure. before that, but um, yeah. Um, no. So yeah, I mean, I remember just screaming to my husband and telling him to come in, and I, you know, told him, and um, there was no exciting story on how I told him that he was just at home, and um, yeah. he was really excited though. Um, Greg has he's just he's a really good dad, but he's just for him kids are, are, were really important, and probably a lot of the push for me to really get onto it too. So he was super excited. So it was nice, I think, not to have, you know, there was no nerves in telling him anything. It was it was an exciting thing for for both of us. Um, yeah, so, and then I know that after that, we took our mothers out for lunch. I, I was quite nervous in telling our parents, and I don't know why it was. I think there's this whole, you know, now this is me actually turning, now I'm really not a child. Like, yes, I'm married and, you know, living out of home and things, but, you know, things are getting real if you're about to have a baby. So we took <laughs> our mums out for lunch, um, with my sister as well, actually, and we all sat down, and I gave them both Mother's Day cards, and they said, um, happy Mother's Day grandma or something like that and mum picked up straight away um, and yeah she was really excited and then um, Greg's mum took her a bit longer but she's already a grandma so um, yeah it was, it was cool it was a fun little way to tell them I think they enjoyed that yeah awesome that is yeah. cool and what was the rest of your pregnancy experience like did you have many pregnancy symptoms apart from a growing bump yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely was sick. From it's almost like as soon as I knew about it, I got sick. It just sort of slowly got that um, all day sickness for me. I'm, I'm not like a, not much of a natural vomiter, so 
it was just a sort of all day feeling um smells would set it off uh i'd have to sort of stay in my room when greg cooked um and that lasted probably for 18 to 20 weeks and that was really really hard um i really found getting the more i did you know trying to get to work and all that sort of stuff the more i packed into my day the worse it got and at the time i was traveling a bit for work as well so if i was getting in on like midnight flights and things that would really make me sick for you know worse for a good few days after so Mm. Um, I had to really watch that. Um, I told my boss very early on. She was a, you know, she was a lady. She had older children. She had been there, um, which was really helpful. I know that some people have to make decisions on when to tell their boss, probably depending on what their, you know, what their understandings like. But for me, I would definitely recommend it if you, if you feel comfortable telling them. Not that you should have to not feel comfortable telling them, but um, you know, what life can be like. Um, so yeah, told her early on, and then. Um, I think, yeah, about 20 weeks, it was that thing started to really just, I suppose, that middle stage where it felt better. Um, and then it was just that weight that you get um, starting to, you know, started to struggle a lot with carrying the weight. And um, I had stopped exercising for so long um, and was quite, I'd say, well, you know, I wasn't a marathon runner or anything, but, you know, reasonably fit before that. And when I started to get back into things, Pilates and all of that, um, I started to pull a whole lot of different muscles. So ended up mm. having to see a um, women's health physio. I went to Leto, which based in Auckland. Um, and I actually, I re- it was just amazing working with the two girls there because they've just got so much knowledge um, on how your body, you know, what's happening in pregnancy and what you should do for your exercise. So I would definitely recommend that to people if you're having any issues with exercise to get in and see, you know, a specialist um, that deals with women's health, especially around pregnancy. Um, But yeah, got really bad sciatica, so (laughs) just basically couldn't walk from, I don't know when it was, but it would have, you know, it was probably 26, I remember being 26 weeks and that was about sort of midway and thinking now I've got, you know, kind of get it, it, you think you're halfway, but there's still quite a lot of time to go. (laughs) Um, But you know, all in all, it wasn't a bad pregnancy. Yes, I got sick, I had a lot of pain, but um, from a safety of the baby, we really didn't have any issues, which was good. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I did. I decided to do the harmony test early on, which is which basically it's to check if you've got any, um, you know, genetic genetic issues happening, um, and that was all fine. And I also got to find out that we were having a little boy, um, which was really nice. Um, one a piece of thing, you know, one thing with that we've always thought about was um, that we got um, my doctor to send me the piece of information um, on an email and we opened the email together just sort of sitting on the couch and I do wish we had done that in a more special way. Um, yeah. I think because we're not kind of big over-the-top people. Oh, actually, I love that sort of stuff, but, um, <laughs> you know, we're a bit more relaxed and that kind of thing. Um, we just thought we'd do it that way, but even my husband thought it would be nice to maybe, I don't know, get send it off to someone to do something or, yeah, so yeah. anyone's trying to think of nice ways there's lots of ideas online I'm sure everyone's seen um yeah yeah what else did we do there oh it was (laughs) when I found out I was due it was um we were going to be due on the 28th of December and when I went and saw the sonographer she had said to me gosh you've got to get a midwife or a doctor really quickly so if anyone hasn't been in you know anyone finds out they're pregnant and you're due over that sort of time it's definitely worthwhile thinking about that as soon as possible because um, you know, it's really hard to get into people these days, especially at a time yeah. like Christmas. So, yeah, which is in about now, is it May? Yes, I think it was May last May, May two, four years ago it would have been. So, yeah, but um, no, no special cravings. Um, nothing. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, yeah. 
Awesome. And did you go to any antenatal classes or do any sort of birth education or anything like that before you went into labour? Yeah, we did. Um, and had had a lot of great, you know, had a lot of advice around um, the antenatal classes and bits and pieces. For us, we found it probably not as useful as we would have liked it to have been, um, which it could have just been that particular class because I've heard some really great stories. Um, for me, I think just doing an online course would have probably sufficed. I've got a lot of friends that have got babies, so potentially I'd learned a lot before that. Um, but I also found that some of the stuff, I don't want to say it went over my head, but we we're so into the pregnancy and, um, you know, it was sort of a bit about feeding and stuff like that. But I think I almost needed that support after rather than then because you kind of yeah. forget we don't take it in, or for me that was. And if I had have had something, I suppose, on a, if an online course that you could sort of take stuff away, I think that would be really helpful. And I know there is a few around like that, like hatched antenatal, et cetera, which, um, you know, that would be what I would do again. Um, however, yeah. I think, and I'm not sure about you, Jordan, I, I know a lot of people find it really useful for um, the playgroups and making connections with different people, and, and for men too. Yes, yeah, I think um, that's the feedback that I get a lot of the time is the antenatal classes. Maybe they learned a few things about birth, but more the coffee groups or the, the mum friends that they get um, afterwards was, was always a positive. So I think people will resonate with that for sure. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. And did you have much of a birth plan or sort of thoughts on how you might want your birth to go? Um. Yeah, I mean, I always wanted to give natural a go. Uh, I, I'm quite a controlling person, so in a way, sort of had this thought that it would be so nice and easy just to book in for a C-section. Um, <laughs> but after talking to a lot of people about it, I decided, you know, give it a go naturally. Um, they do say your mother, you know, often talk to see how your mother went in birth, and that's often how you can, and it, um, she had had really good births. So I thought it was worthwhile me, you know, not rushing down that, that track and also the challenges that can come along, you know, with a C-section, I think, is important. So I knew that I wanted to have an epidural, not one for pain. Um, but otherwise, I found, you know, the only thing in the plan we were really trying to, it was, I was due on the 28th of December, so um, because of the time of the year and doctors managing, we, we had a, um, we decided to go with an OB, um, trying to manage not manage, you can't really manage a, you know, a natural birth, but work out when the baby will be and who I would be with, was it was kind of hard, um, but we knew we couldn't control it, so just sort of had to go with that. Um, yeah. At one point we thought we would be, in, we might have to induce, because he was tracking quite large, but it all sort of evened out, and then we just had to wait. So it was a bit of a, you know, you think you can plan these things, but we definitely, we definitely couldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And were you doing anything in sort of preparation for birth in terms of like antenatal expressing or drinking the teas or you know there's hundreds of things that you can google online that will tell you mm. this will help you go into labor or anything like that so were you doing any of those yeah I mean I did a few things like that um we I did I did the red leaf teas so I've got a naturopath that I use um I've been seeing for years actually and she did me a special concoction that goes into some herbs that I take um it's sort of had some information around the teas that you drink aren't probably the right amount so I would recommend going to see a naturopath if you want to go down that track um yeah. also I'd been in had you know like the pregnancy massage and all that sort of thing but that didn't work 
Uh, my doctor did, um, you know, they can check and see how things are looking and if your cervix is sort of ready. And I definitely wasn't. And that was another reason there was no, you know, you wouldn't want to be inducing um, because that can definitely, you know, it can more lead to a C-section. So I did, you know, try tried to make things happen earlier, but that baby was staying in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And did you end up going into labour spontaneously? Do you want to take us through that? Yeah, so... Um, as I mentioned before, I was due on the 28th of December, which was right over Christmas, and we'd been away over that time, so we would sort of stay quite close to Auckland, so it was easy for us to get back, but um, on, I think about the, on the second, was it, or the third, we'd decided, we'd booked in for an induction on the fourth, which was the day that actually Liam was born anyway, um, and the night before, I went out for dinner with some friends, and their little daughter yelled, come out, baby Norman. And literally went home from dinner, sat on the couch and heard a pop, um, which was quite, you know, you, you, I just was not expecting that at all. And then it was literally like, a, you know, like the movies. I stood up and, you know, there was the gushing. Um, so it was yeah. obviously in the right place for that to happen because I do hear that doesn't happen for everyone. But um, luckily I was at home and not in the supermarket. Um, so that also, yeah, so that sort of started from 8.30, rang the OB and he said, um, you know, wait for the contractions to start, you're probably, you know, and then, you know, wait for them to get, I can't remember what it is, is it five, five I think, is it five minutes apart or one minute apart? Do you remember that? <laughs> Terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so waited for him to, um, he waited for the time he said, and I think by kind of 10, 30, 11, the contractions were as, um, you know, were, were quite quick, whereas he thought he'd see me in the morning. So um, I remember just lying in bed kind of waiting for these contractions to come up to, up to speed. And, you know, you're told to wait and go home and have a sleep. Well, go ahead, have a sleep. But I don't know if anyone's actually managed to have a sleep while they're contracting. Um, so, yeah, so basically got stronger and it was time to go in. Um, so that was, yeah, it was, it was really fast. And, you know, you're so, I was so nervous about this time and the contractions. And, you know, it, it's quite surreal how it all just, it all just sort of flows. Yeah. Yeah, for um, sure. And yeah. do you want to take us through sort of into your labour and then birth story? Sure. So um, we arrived in at the hospital around 11 um, and we're into the room pretty quickly. Um, due to the time of year, the doctor that I had wasn't actually the one I had had, you know, through my experience. But it was funny, he comes in and he's in his white gumboots. And I remember just thinking he looked like he was from a, um, you know, from like a meat factory because that's, you know, you see them on the, <laughs> see them online with the, not online, on TV and things, he's got these white gumboots, so anyway, um, yeah, he came in, had a chat, um, I had an epidural, which they had to move, um, I'd heard quite awful stories about that, but it wasn't, it wasn't that painful, they just sort of had to tweak it a little bit, um, and that was really, that was fine, I was so nervous about the epidural, um, yeah. you know, you kind of have to try and knife away with those, and I think it's, yeah, it's fine. But, um, and as soon as that happened, my contractions started slowing, um, which is also apparently pretty normal. The midwife wasn't that happy about um, my decision to get an epidural, which I wasn't really quite prepared for that. Uh, it, it was, yeah, you know, you kind of think you've gone through this. Um, I'd been through my birth, uh, you know, my birth plan, uh, yeah, so birth plan with the doctor. But anyway, that was just something to deal with on the day. Um, and, yeah, they slowed down and um, it all went sort of really really just smoothly from there um I think what I would probably recommend if for anyone who is going into um you know if you're using OB I didn't quite understand the process with the midwives and um I hadn't met her before and I didn't sort of 
I think I would like to try and get a bit of an understanding of that first because um, they're all absolutely yeah. lovely people, but I just I just didn't know the process. And she, you know, she had been she'd done two shifts I think before me, and so pretty tough for them. Um, and so I sort of came in with all these questions, and um, I think she was so tired it was you know we'd had a few issues through sort of the day, which made it a little bit of, of more of an unnecessary stress if I had have sort of pre-prepared for that. Um, yeah, the machine kept breaking. Well, it kept beeping because it was an on battery. So the machine that they checked for the heart rate and everything. So that kind of it sent us into a spiral a few times. Not that that was the midwife's fault, but it was just more, um, I suppose, our communication mm. on things. Um, what else had sort of happened? Um, yeah, and then at the end we got, um, it was all sort of ran smoothly and um, just sort of in and out of a little bit of pain. But I, I think I dosed myself up quite good on the epidural. Um, and didn't really feel too much. And then at the end, the heart rate started dropping. Uh, and she said, look, I think we're going to have to go into C-section. And my husband almost fainted. And then the doctor came in and apparently um, he could see the baby's head and I was ready to push. So it was sort of all go and it was 12 minutes and Liam was just here. Um, so it was all quite slow and then just this huge rush at the end. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, um, it was, it was funny it just always it was just so quick you know I'd labored on and off so much and not really feeling too much and you kind of hear about these long labors but I never really thought about the active labor being really that you know that so far you know that was the part I was really worried about it and it was so quick but I do think yeah. that the 12 minutes is quite a quick one I, I think often they can be a little bit longer than that and certainly certainly my daughter was um the one thing I would say, though, you know, I had this epidural and I remember feeling really, really spaced out at the end and just didn't have that confidence. And when Liam was passed for me, um, I didn't feel anything. It just was like suddenly I've got this baby, um, which was a bit of a shock. I thought, yep. you know, you're supposed to feel this overwhelming love hit you and all this sort of thing. And um, of course, I feel that now and did pretty quickly. But um, that was, yeah, it was a bit odd. Um, and then Greg went off and um, he had to go and do something I remember just not wanting to hold Liam on my own I felt quite nervous in my um, abilities to be a mum yeah 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 I think um, there's probably more people than we realize out there who would resonate with that sort of feeling of um, not an immediate connection to your baby, but also not feeling confident and holding them and, and like, what am I doing kind of feeling. So, yeah, definitely think that, that you're not alone in that one. Funny one, this turning into a mum thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really is. And so when they popped Liam up on your chest and sort of he stayed there for a while, did they try? Did you try and latch him on or what happened from there? Yeah, so um, put him on the breast and he, you know, sort of found his ha his way there. I definitely feel a little bit hazy. I think they do that. Then I'd had a um, episiotomy. So I think as he was probably up on my chest as they were giving me a couple of stitches and he'd, we just sort of lay there and had skin to skin. Um, my mum came in pretty much straight away. She hadn't been in the room during the, during the actual labour. Um, but so I kind of remember all that sort of happening at the same time and it was quite a nice just little moment to all be together um and then they just did all the tests uh there's sort of a few tests that they do the heel, the heel prick and um they get yeah. a sort of vitamin k shot and all that kind of thing so 
that was all really standard and really relaxed. Um, but we were out of there pretty quickly. So it was, I think, sort of an hour from when I gave birth at 4.30 until we were off in the car heading off to birth care, which, um, yeah, felt quick. But in the end of the day, we didn't really need to be there any longer. I'd had a shower. I think Greg had had to help me because I was quite wobbly. So um, you can't, obviously, you can't walk after, you know, when you're from the epidural because it's made all your legs numb. Um, but that, had, I suppose, started to wear off and um, did all that. And yeah, just headed off to birth care, which, um, yeah, it all, that, that process felt really smooth. It's quite a funny feeling leaving the hospital with a baby, you know, in the back of the <laughs> yeah. car, and you suddenly, you know, you come with this empty capsule, and then suddenly you, you've got a baby in the back. Yeah, yeah, it is crazy. And how long did you spend at birth care? Yeah, so um, we went there for three nights, um, which I think is that sort of the amount you get sub, you know, um, from the government, and... It was it was really good. I definitely recommend going to some sort of help, especially for the first one, because it's hard to, you know, you've yeah. got so much going on anyway, and there's lots of great support there. I think with me, I really struggled with breastfeeding, and um, Liam didn't sleep, so um, we had because I'd laboured sort of through the night, didn't sleep that night, and then he was born at four thirty. Then was sort of awake all day trying to get things right, and that next night he was he was still up all night um, because I was having so much struggle. I think actually getting any milk, I found that quite hard because there was a lot of people really trying to help, but all, we were all trying different ways, which um, you know because none were working, and that that was quite challenging. Um, yeah, I found that really difficult trying to work out what was right for me. Yeah, yeah. But, and um, how did you sort of feel when you went home and? your whole life obviously changes with this newborn baby and you're all of a sudden a mum and what was that experience like for you? Yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I imagined it was, you know, it was January. I thought we'd go home, we'd be strolling out the road, you know, going to coffees and friends' houses with the capsule, but definitely, you know, it was not like that at all and definitely, um, I suppose, it def- I think they talk about, the, you know, the day three baby blues definitely hit. Um, I remember just being on the on the couch almost crying all the time you know you top the bee off and you're trying to feed and just in so much pain um I found those hydrogel um discs really helpful though um I had almost sort of lost a nipple at one stage um and yeah but just sort of battled through that but something that we did do that I wouldn't recommend we had a lot of people you know everyone's keen to come and see the new baby and I think we thought it would be good for my mood to keep people coming to visit but I think what I probably needed was to just be at home with pretty much no one there you know obviously really close family coming and visiting but being a new mum struggling with feeding it really it just wasn't good um so we sort of battled through that and the milk never came in um I had seen the lactation consultant I'd sort of tried everything and ended up um calling and getting some help on how to um start trialing a bit of formula after I talked to some sort of trusted friends and doctors about what was going on with me. Uh, so we got some advice on how to trial formula and um, started adding that in. Um, and after a few weeks after that, she, he definitely started sleeping a bit longer and, and started growing, but um, we were still really struggling. So he ended up getting a sleep specialist to come in and um, go through go through a few bits and pieces with me and she really helped me getting the feeding right and the sleeping and after that I think I can't remember if it was three or five weeks but it just changed my world he was 
just doing exactly what he needed to. There was no crying. I could put him down and he would actually go to sleep and not wake up 20 minutes later. Um, it just it was it just really changed my world and I think if I had have known that earlier actually I know if I had known that earlier I would have probably tried to get someone in to come and help me day one just with the feeding issues and someone I you know yeah. I knew would would help me so yeah 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 I think that's um an interesting point it's not just straightforward and every baby's the same and your baby will sleep or won't sleep it's it's um different for everybody so definitely encourage seeking help when you feel like you need it. Yeah, awesome. And what was your physical recovery like from your first birth? Did you sort of find it was quick or you took a while to recover? Yeah, so physically, um, we got out, luckily, you know, just having a, a natural birth, um, I could get out and, and about quite quickly. Um, the stitches seemed to be fine, so, so no issues um, there. And yeah, I could just get out and sort of stroll around every so often. I, you don't have to watch that because... I know at one point I was pushing it a bit much and then um, I'd have a bit more bleeding and that kind of thing. So I just didn't want it to be, you know, too much. But because, yeah, it was, it was pretty good to, to recover and get out, out and about. One thing I did find is I was getting a bit, um, you know, I, I live in quite a hilly area, so I was pushing my pram uphill and I did do some damage to my lower back. So would really recommend just taking it a little bit easy in that sense because, you, know, you know, pushing the pram can be quite hard. But I'm working yeah. with um, postnatal physios can be great too they sort of taught me how to hold the pram and hold my stomach you know how to try and do that without putting on too much pressure um yeah and how far I can really push that uh so yeah from that sense it was quite good but um because I think I did that damage with my back early on I basically had back issues until my next pregnancy so I was kind of I went from being yeah. I was doing prenatal physio to postnatal physio back to prenatal physio so I never really left them for, I think it was almost three three and a half years <laughs> of me doing silly things um yeah so and then my body really you know it takes a long time to kind of get feel feel like you're getting back to normal um yeah. I try not to put too much pressure on myself to do that um I mean I've never you know I've never been a um a model a model figure but um yeah it definitely took a little bit of a bit of work and a while to get at least more, more than eight months more than eight months to do that but potentially not breastfeeding because I, I basically wasn't breastfeeding after two weeks I think I think that yeah. does um, make a bit of a you know obviously takes effect on your body or coming back together um, but what it does do is your period comes on quicker so um, a lot of people don't sort of get it back till after they're breastfeeding but um, after they finish breastfeeding but um, mine came back I think fairly quickly actually yeah and then emotionally I think um, I'd like used to think it was a lot of postnatal anxiety and I think I did deal with some of that stuff but I've sort of always dealt with a little bit of anxiety on and off it was probably just heightened in different areas so more around the is it, am I going to be a good mum you know yeah. who am I now with you know there's all that sort of stuff going yeah. on and it's you know it's, it's it was hard I think to work through working through what's normal and what's not but um luckily I had lots of good friends that I could talk to in family Awesome. And did you sort of make a conscious decision that you wanted to try for a second baby before you fell pregnant again? Or do you want to take us through what that was like? Yeah, no, I definitely just wanted to get through the first one. I found the pregnancy really hard. Um, obviously, the birth wasn't bad at all. Like That's pretty much a dream birth in my view. Um, but the pregnancy was really hard, so I was just a bit nervous about then. And I just felt like I'd got my life back to normal. And, you know, Liam was almost two so we could go out and do a few bits and pieces and yeah things were going really well but I did I knew that 
I didn't want it to get too far apart. So when yeah, when he was almost two, we started trying again, and um, yeah, I think we had, you had pretty much bang on experience the second time. I'm not sure why I even bothered trying with the app. I think I tried it for maybe two <laughs> months that time, um, but then you know. <laughs> That just went with my body again, and um, the same thing happened. I thought I had had my period, and it was just implantation, and um, yeah, I was pregnant. So it was it was quite it was it was good. It was funny. We we're away for New Year's, and yes, I thought totally thought I wasn't pregnant. It was New Year's Eve, and we had this big party planned. And I thought, you know what? I just we'd been out to play tennis, and I started having these little vomiting feelings, and so I went and got a pregnancy test because I didn't really want to risk drinking. And um, being, you know, pregnant to you is usually a fairly heavy night. Um, so, um, and yeah, and it said I was only three weeks. So I seemed to get sick, you know, quite, pretty quickly that time. Um, and it was all downhill from there. As soon as, I don't know whether it was a placebo effect, but as soon as I knew I was pregnant, I was literally bedridden. Um, and which was really hard, I think, on the second time, because even though it was, it was summer, which was great because we had um, family around and Greg was off work. But it was really tough because we had Liam too, and I was just in bed all day, couldn't couldn't get out, um, which was yeah, that was that was really hard for those early symptoms, and at that time of year not being able to tell people. So it's interesting. I don't know why I didn't tell people. I honestly think now if I got pregnant again, I would tell people because we'll tell close friends because I would need their support if something happened or wouldn't feel shy of telling them that I'd lost a baby. I don't think it's something we should be ashamed of. You know, yeah. Well, yeah, just my feeling, but um, not that anyone should feel ashamed. I know that there's other reasons to it. You know, people might not just want to relive it or anything, but I think personally, I'd need my friends. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And how were you sort of feeling? Was it much different this pregnancy to your first? Yeah, I mean, I definitely felt sick, yeah, sick again, and it was I was sick a lot longer for this pregnancy. You know, I got I was sick from pretty much day one. Um, which was interesting um, compared to, to Liam. And I don't know whether that was because I was having a boy and a girl. I mean, there's so much you can read into that. But, um, yeah, it was just, yeah, and the tiredness did seem to be a lot worse. Um, but we decided to get the harmony test again. Um, I was so desperate to have a girl because I knew <laughs> that it was going to be, I really only wanted two children. Um, we had, I don't know how serious I was about it, but we decided to... No, I decided to look into gender um, selection earlier on, but decided it wasn't for us, especially for the second one. I just didn't know. I just didn't know how I felt about it, and I, I thought for the second one, you really have to make sure you have, um, you know, I wanted to give it a good go first to see if I got a girl. So decided to get the harmony test again, and it was, yeah, pretty exciting when I heard she was a girl um I remember mm -hmm. ringing up the nurse and there was just absolute you know shrieks of excitement the poor woman on the end of the phone <laughs> <laughs> um which it seems like I didn't take my own advice actually doing that in a nice way I'm not sure why that was um obviously I couldn't wait um but I went and got a pink cupcake from one of the you know the cupcake shops and took it to my husband and, and surprised him and he sort of said what is this for and then worked it out and then I think he regifted it sort of to his mum to tell her too that we were having a girl. So that was just that was a nice way at least just to tell him. Um, yeah. Yeah. But no, I think it was a pretty crazy time because I had just started Grow Bright as well. So 
um, I was getting, you know, all re- ready to launch this business and the pregnancy did happen quite, you know, reasonably quickly. So I had all that going on and I was trying to hide that because I just sort of signed up to a whole lot of stuff um, and I was trying to hide the fact I was pregnant, um, which was which was kind of challenging. But it was quite good to be, you know, being in a baby-centric business, it was quite nice to be going through all those experiences and kind of thinking about what mums feel as I was yeah. developing it. So, um, yeah, it, all, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. And did you do sort of any other birth education or anything like that before this birth or you sort of just thought, you know, I've done it once and I don't need to do the antenatal sort of stuff again? Yeah, no, felt quite comfortable with all of that then. Um, I mean, we really wanted to take the same path that we did with the last one. I had such a good birth that I didn't think it was, um, you know, we were pretty much sure what our, what we wanted our birth plan to be. Um and the only thing we really thought about was um, what we wanted to do after. So um, obviously we had another child now. I had the business. Um, I had to just be a bit more planned on what we had um, help, you know, what Liam was doing with Kindy. So it was more around our, you know, other children and, and, and how we were going to manage that. Also knowing yeah. that I was quite a strong routine mum and not wanting to wake up a baby to go to daycare and, and pick up the other child. So um, that was more around, that was the learning we had to do rather than on the actual birth. Yeah. yeah, adjusting in that sense. Yeah, awesome. And did you go with a midwife or obstetrician this time? No, we went with obstetrician again. Um, yeah, I was really happy with our doctor from last time. And um, yeah, so went with that, that again. Yeah, um, cool. However, yeah, I do. The, the one thing I did, what we did do was make sure that we had, you know, good, we had a really good understanding how that process worked with um, the midwife. And um, I think just understanding it ourselves was 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 good, and um, the lady was lovely that we did have in in the in hospital with us. Yeah, awesome. And did you sort of do anything in preparation for this birth, um, like last time, trying to sort of bring on labour or anything like that? Yeah. So um, I did use the raspberry leaf tea again. Um, not tea. Sorry, raspberry leaf. It's more of an extract in my herbs, which. I did with my naturopath, but with Amelia, um, she was again tracking really big, and then I, um, and then with my first birth, it all came on pretty quickly. So we had started discussing if I'd get an induction, and um, sort of went through the process, and it got to the point that yeah, we could we could go ahead with that to make sure that there weren't any, um, you know, any issues coming along. So um, I we I ended up getting induced with her on uh, the seventeenth. She was due on the twenty second. Uh, and it was just the most amazing experience. We arrived in at the do- at the hospital at seven a.m. and um, ended up getting this sweet little view of Rangi Toto. Um, and the doctor came in fairly quickly after that. Um, it all just flowed. I think by kind of eight o'clock, I was having epidural. Which um, this time we had decided to go with a private um, doctor to do that does the epidural. And it was interesting, he came in and it was quite different to the last one I had. I think I laid down this time and he put something in my back and I just felt this pop that went all up my back, which um, it was quite a yucky feeling actually and quite different to last time. So um, I don't know if it was good or bad not knowing what it was going to feel like. <laughs> it might have been quite tense otherwise. Did you yeah. have epidural? Yes, I did in the did end. Um, I was induced too. Yeah, okay, right. So you had, and so your epi, was yours like mine? You had the epidural before you were induced. No, I I went into labour, um, and then 
ended up being induced because things weren't progressing and I had an epidural about five hours after that. Okay, right. That would be... <laughs> well, I was lucky enough to not have to go through all the pain first. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was just, honestly, you know, I had the epidural. The, the midwife was there. It was her first shift, so, you know. Um, and, you know, it was it was just all so... It was just so lovely. And then had the... Um, you know, they started the process, um, which I think they put, I can't remember what the drug's called, called but they put it into your um, into your IV. Yeah. And the labour came on fairly quickly. Um, so I think sort of by 9am the labour just started to progress and I was just in and out of, you know, sort of few contractions. Um, definitely felt them more this time around. Uh, yeah. But um, last time I think, I, I think I'd had a bit too much, so they decided to sort of just monitor that a little bit more. Um, and, um, yeah, so it just sort of flowed in and out, and the doctor sort of came and checked a couple of times and thought, oh, you know, I'll be probably, you'll be probably going into um, active labour around 2 o'clock. And um, just before midday, the midwife was like, gee, this is sort of all happening really quickly, and she had to call him, and he only just made it in there in time. <laughs> and um, by, I think, you know, 12 o'clock, I was in, um, you know, active labour. And I remember she was born at 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, so 12.34. <laughs> uh, and it was, yeah, it was just such a quick experience, but it was um, amazing. It was just so, just no pain and, um, yeah, definitely not the, the scary sorts of labour that I'd always had, in, you know, in my life. We did have laughing gas, which was <laughs> fun. <laughs> it was yeah. Different, so it, was, it was a sort of different feeling that um, we didn't have that last time, so... I remember just sort of sitting there talking to Mum and Greg and feeling really quite out of it. And I had asked Mum to come into the um, into the um, birth this time, which was nice. She came into the active part. I don't think I yeah. felt so self conscious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. I think that's really nice to hear. Um, a lot of people often message me asking for positive induction stories because there's so many stories out there of inductions that you know, sort of take 30 hours and then end up in a C-section or different things like that. So I think that's really nice for people to hear that you had an induction and it was fast and it was positive and, and yeah, you, you enjoyed that. I think my out, like my, probably after thinking about the difference on why, it, you know, obviously I didn't have one the first time, but why it was so good was, because um, we had at times looked at inducing the first time around with five, but the doctor could tell that my body wasn't ready. Um, you know, and I'd done all these other things, um, you know, I'd been having a massage and stuff like my body just obviously wasn't ready. And with this time, he could really tell that, you know, my cervix was ready and potentially it's because it was a second baby, my body might have responded yeah. quicker. Um, but, um, you know, I think that it was definitely, you know, that does help if you, you know, you're just that close to being ready anyway. And yeah. you're favourable, I suppose, is the word they use. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I think with... Um, a little bit earlier on, Ed sort of said, look, we, you know, you're 50-50, it's not enough. Like, I don't want to risk a 50-50 going into a C-section, you know, going into a C-section. Let's just wait until we know that it's a lot, you know, that it's safe. Yeah. And I'm sure that's what he had said as well, but, yeah. Yeah, awesome. And so was she popped up on your chest? Yep, popped up onto my chest um, and definitely a lot, a lot nicer feeling this time. I don't think having so much, maybe not so much epidural, it was quite nice to sort of feel that connection. And I had my little yeah. girl there, and yeah, I just remember actually they both did this. They both just looked up to me with their little eyes. They both lifted their necks, which was weird, and that was just it was so special. 
and um, you know I felt really more comfortable I think second time around just holding her there on my chest and we just lay there I was a lot more relaxed I think over in recent years they may have changed the amount of time you stay in hospital um, I feel like we were there for a couple of hours this time yeah um, yeah and yeah it was it was quite different um, both great birth stories both really good and, and nice birth stories but it was just a lot more relaxed with her yeah um, and she just basically had a feed and she went to sleep. Yeah. And she slept and slept and slept. <laughs> and did you go to birth care again? Yeah. So we did decide to go to birth care. I was tossing up whether we would or not, um, but had the advice to go because it's, re you know, you've got another child if you're at home. You know, you start worrying about cooking and washing. And, yeah. you, know, the, you know, they do do a great job there of looking after you. So went to birth care, but we got there, and um, being August, a lot of people were sick, uh, and, you know, just got quite nervous about stuff coming through the air conditioning, because the, the couple next door were coughing away in bits and pieces, so we just stayed a couple of nights and decided to get out of there. I was having um, a lot of the same issues with feeding again, uh, and um, it did get sort of suggested to me that I had this medical condition, um, I didn't really follow up on too much because I didn't really want to put a label on anything too much at that point, I just wanted to try and do my best and see if we could get there, um, but we did start introducing formula with Amelia fairly early on, actually we took formula with us in case we had the same issues, um, but yeah, Amelia just slept so well, we had to wake her up to feed her all the time, um, and so when we were in birth care that time, it just, we almost felt like we were on a holiday, you know, um, yeah. rather than having this baby crying all the time, we woke, woke her to feed, and, and it was lovely, because mum came in with Liam, and he was just absolutely besotted with his little sister, mm. like, the, you know, the look, I don't know what got me more, I think that, to me, was just the most amazing feeling, seeing them both look at, or him look at her, and think, this is my baby, and he would just, you know, be everywhere first. So that was nice. I think if anyone's got nerves of what your child could be like, it's not always going to be that they'll hate having them around. He was two years, nine months when she was born, and it was just the best thing. And he helped, you know, he could help with her. He wanted to get things for her and pass her a nappy. And, yeah, yeah having them that sort of spaced out was really lovely. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I think that's nice to hear, yeah, because um, people often think about the consideration of age gaps. So, yeah, nice to hear that... Um, you found that age gap yeah helpful and enjoyable and how did you find um sort of adjusting to life as a mum of two and your obviously mindset changes from just having your two-year-old to then all of a sudden having your newborn to look after what was that adjustment like yeah it was a little bit different I mean I'd I'd I had a um I had a lot going on at that point because Growbright had just launched. I think the day that Amelia was born was also the same day that we kind of launched Northland at the baby show. So there was a lot going on at that stage. Uh, luckily, I, I had a lot of help. Um, I had a great friend who was helping me with Growbright. So um, I was kind of a little bit involved, but trying to really just enjoy those first few weeks, which is really tough to, I think, part your mind from that. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, it's great to have that help. But I also had mum um, helping, and we. I think the hardest thing for me was I felt bad for Liam, um, him going off to day off to daycare all the time. But it was really great because it meant Amelia and I could have that bonding time, and um, I really enjoyed it. She, you know, I think I mentioned um, I got a, I got my um, sleep specialist in straight away with her, and um, Kate, and she was just fabulous and just you know she just helped me get her all settled and she just slept and we I just really enjoyed that time so although it felt 
I thought it would feel really chaotic with the two. It was just, it was really dreamy those first few weeks. I remember, you know, being able to just relax and feel like what I thought it should be like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. And how was your sort of physical recovery from birth this time around? Um, yeah, it was good. It was, again, I probably pushed myself walking a little bit too much to begin because I was keen to get out there. So I had to have a bit of a reality check on how much I was walking those first sort of few days. Uh, but, yeah, physically I, I recovered fine. I'd had stitches again, um, but those, yeah, no problems with that. Um, all my bleeding stopped within, I think, two weeks on both pregnancies. I don't think I mentioned that before. I'd had a few um, few concerns. You know, you've sort of been told you, you, you know, it can last after six weeks, but I found it pretty quick. Um, yeah, uh, breastfeeding, I did battle on, I think, for five or six weeks, trying to, I'd feed and then formula and then I'd pump, and that was really challenging yeah. to do because um, you didn't have any break in between, but I, I'd had a lot of support, so I thought if I put the support in, I can put, you know, the best best try to get keep getting. I just wanted to get a little bit of um, breast milk through so they were getting sort of those antibodies and bits and pieces. Um so I did that, and then over a while, I decided that that was just too stressful more on my mental health than um, what than what I needed it to be. So I think about five weeks gave that up. Um, but I was only getting ten mils from pumping for half an hour, yeah. so I thought it was probably time to to quit that. I think I did probably struggle more with the um, more mental stuff after with anxiety because I'd put so much pressure on myself for with work too. Yeah. So um, that side of you know, you'd have the baby, then they'd sleep, and then I was doing something else here. And as time got went on, I'd start to try and get a bit more involved in getting across work and making sure I was doing bits and pieces with that. Um, and that, you know, any sort of moment you had, you'd be thinking about that. So that definitely was, was stressful. So, um, but it was, I wouldn't change it, you know. I found pregnancy really hard, but birth was something I was so nervous about for so long. And... That was all I could concentrate on, but it was over so, it was so relaxed and so, you know, everything went to plan. Yes, there was pain and yes, there was a few bits and pieces, but in the scheme of things, it's such a small part. Um, the breastfeeding side of it and the sickness and pregnancy and getting babies to sleep and adjusting to being a new mum, that stuff to me, I wish I had put more focus on that stuff rather than on the birth while I was in pregnancy and got myself a bit more upskilled in those areas. Um, so that's probably my one tip for people um, is to not stress. I mean, things can, you know, obviously mine were good births, but um, things, you know, I understand these other things, but, you know, all that sort of stuff is out of your control. Yeah. So um, I wish I could have, yeah, I had learnt more about those bits and pieces first. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I think that's good advice. Thank you, Natalie, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your stories with us today. I think you've got, yeah, like I said before, a really um, great story, and I know that people will be super interested to hear a positive induction story. So thank you very much for taking the time to share with us. Thank you for having me. I hope it was helpful. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your feedback, so either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at KiwiBirthTales and leave a comment there. If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.